10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from Lagos, Nigeria, this is The Drive Home with Biseo Adewale. Okay, good afternoon, Nigeria. Good morning, good evening. Wherever you're listening from, welcome to The Drive Home Show with Biseo Adewale live from Lagos, Nigeria. And I'm not here alone. I'm here with the Savi Oluko, meaning teacher from Lagos, Nigeria, Live from Lagos, Nigeria, this is The Drive Home with Desea Adewale on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. and we will be discussing the learning pyramid in um, the context of teaching and learning this episode of teachers talk radio has been made possible with support from witherslack group the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. 
If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. New research conducted by the education charity Magic Breakfast has shown a patchwork of free school breakfast provision is leading some children to come to school hungry. The charity has called for an urgent £75 million funding boost for school breakfasts in England and a similar amount from the Scottish Government. Currently, Wales is the only UK nation with a country-wide, centrally funded, free breakfast provision. The NAHT School Leaders Union General Secretary Paul Whiteman said, We agree that more funding is urgently needed to combat child hunger and that improving breakfast club provision for pupils could be an important part of that effort. Hunger is a real concern for school staff who regularly see children arriving in the morning without having eaten and therefore not ready to learn. Research carried out by Early shows that 97% of UK schools monitored in the Let School Breathes project experienced levels of PM 2.5 that exceeded the safe norms set out by the World Health Organisation. Early started installing air pollution sensors in schools across the UK in April 2021. A spokesperson for Early said, Pupils are exposed to high concentrations of NO2 and PM 2.5, mainly during travel to school and in school playgrounds. Early's outdoor monitors have been positioned in such a way to be able to determine what kind of air students breathe when they are near the school building. Thanks to the data we have collected, we know the situation is far from perfect, but the first step towards pollution-free schools has been made. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this term is known to be one of the hardest. When we're distracted and tired, it's easy to make a mistake and fall for a scam. There are loads of scams out there, but the use of subdomains to give a fake sense of security is one scam that a lot of people fall for. In the interest of keeping you, your family and your friends safe over the next two episodes, I'm going to explain the fake bank message scam and how it can look so believable. First up, we need to discuss how data travels over the internet. If you explore an internet address, let's take Teachers Talk Radio as our example, https www.ttradio.com 
hypertextbook.org. There are basically four parts. HTTPS, this is Hypertext Transfer Protocol, with the S standing for secure. Protocols are used for data transfer. The HTTP protocol allows the transmission of HTML or hypertext markup language from a web server to your computer. In basic terms, it lets a web page be requested and viewed. The confusion here is the secure version. Some believe that seeing a site is HTTPS and has a little padlock in the address bar means that you are protected. To some extent, this is true. However, the security certificate for a site simply encrypts or scrambles the transmission. So if it's intercepted, it can't be used. So yes, you are secure from interception but if the owner of a website is dishonest, you're not safe from them. The next three parts are to do with where the web page resides or the address. Like we need a postcode and house number, your computer needs to know where to look for the information you want. WWW is the World Wide Web, a huge network of interconnected networks. TT Radio is the name of the website and .org is the top level domain. Again, simplifying this, .org domains are kept in a kind of phone book that can be accessed by your internet service provider. So to find ttradio.org, .org tells you to look in the .org phone book for TT Radio and return where the website is for your browser to download it. Why don't you ask your pupils, family and friends what they believe the padlock and HTTPS means? You may be surprised at the answer you receive. Next time, we're going to look at how criminals use this misconception to gain your trust. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods. And that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Thank you, Yejidi Egbediwe, for being with us on the show again. Yeah, the last time Yejidi was on the show, it was such an interesting time. And she played a game, but don't worry, I'm not playing the game this time around. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Bisaya Adewale. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Good it's to a pleasure you. to be on the show <laughs> once again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've missed you. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I'm glad I'm here again. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, to our discussion for today. Uh, before we dive deep, let's start from the surface. What has it been like um, teaching chemistry? You know, tell us about the different strategies you use or if there's any theory in particular that inspires your um, your teaching methods. Please share with us, tell us your experiences, you know, as a public school teacher or as an online teacher. Just share with us. Okay. So um, I'm very glad for the growth that I have um, had, you know, in this period of teaching chemistry. I remember when I first started and I compared to right now, I know that there has definitely been growth. So the things that have actually helped me in teaching chemistry better is um, helping my students, you know, doing practicals, having practicals with them, holding demonstrations with them. Every of these things has helped me to reinforce, you know, my students' learning. Then constant teaching, constant teaching of this topic has also helped me to be better. It has also helped me to detect where I faulted 
or where I can help these students more. So this has really helped me. And I also know that Bloom's Taxonomy, okay. I, I really utilize Bloom's Taxonomy a lot because it helps me to, to form my, my lesson plan for my students. Okay. So it, okay. it helps me to know what to require from them. Hmm. You know, in terms of lower order thinking and learning objectives. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Lower order okay. and the higher order thinking. Yeah. So yeah. this has also yeah. helped me. Okay. Excellent. So today, today we're we're looking at the learning pyramid, and um, it's, it was created by Edgar Dale. I hope I got the pronunciation right. An American yes. educator that that um, focused more on audiovisuals to facilitate learning. And then he came up with the learning, with the learning pyramid. Now, um, can you share with us, you know, some of the things you know about the learning pyramid and maybe okay. something that interests you the most about it? Okay. Okay, so <laughs> when I first um, discovered this, um, this pyramid, I was almost like ah, another triangle looking like Bloom's taxonomy. Like, isn't this going mm -hmm. to mess up what I already know? But then mm -hmm. going through it and researching further, I can see that wow, this is this is really like a, a a blueprint to study better. So I've come across this as the learning pyramid, and in some other contexts, I've come across it as um the cone of experience, which means yeah, that one yeah. way or the other, you are, you know, gaining something. It could be an idea, knowledge, or experience. So it simply mm -hmm. talks about a pyramid or cone that shows how well learners, you know, or anyone can retain idea or understand information using different modes. And I think these modes are divided into seven parts, yeah? Yes, they are. Okay. So... This is what the pyramid is basically about. Okay. And I think the at the bottom of the cone, we have um, teach others. Yes. Which is so, like the most important. Yeah. So if, if um, Edgar Dill is saying that when learners, learners learn better when they teach others, how feasible or how practical is it um, from the perspective of a teacher, you know, how do you um, help learners to teach one another, especially okay. in a chemistry classroom? How? Mm. The timing, okay. you know, the, the how do you plan to help them or you just tell them to form their groups and teach others? You know, it's, it's really easy to do this if in the university system because of course learners come together create a discussion group they create tutorial groups and they, yeah. they teach one another but one another not to say they are even more teachers. mature yeah exactly so how do you do this how do you follow this as as a as a chemistry teacher in a secondary school where learners mm. have to, they have to go back home and they are confined I mean, you, you once your 40 minutes or your 80 minutes of lesson is over, another teacher takes over. So how do you, how feasible is this? How do you implement this? How do you think this can be implemented in your classroom? Mm. 
as a chemistry teacher. Oh. Okay, so okay, um, that's like saying, how can you ensure that there is, you know, thorough, um, how do I put it, that these students are actually carrying out the largest mode of this pyramid. So the yeah, best way exactly. you can do it, the best way you can do it, or the most effective way you can do it for now is if you present it in form of a project. So, um, you could say, and I've tried this and it's not really effective. You could promote peer tutoring. You could promote a student coming out to just discuss, you know, um, casually on a topic. But if these students are not motivated, you know, if there is nothing, this, this, this is sadly an extrinsic motivation. But if they don't mm. see that, oh, there's a reason for them to actually carry out this activity, they really will not necessarily, they necessarily will not, you know, um, follow through with it. So for now, mm -hmm. you know, in the context of the Nigerian education system, public school system, the best way to still go about this for now is to give it in form of a project. Okay, so like an assignment where they have to go and research about something? Exactly. That's even like a project-based, you know, learning. Learning. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they come to class and they just pick a part of the topic. They come to discuss it okay. in the class. Yes. Okay. Why you just moderate or facilitate exactly. the discussion? Okay. Okay. So, well, for me, I have tried um that peer teaching so what i do most times i i because of time you know even the the 80 minutes assigned to english lessons is not enough to it's cover the scheme enough. of work yes. you know talk less of you now trying to create a, a peer teaching program in between and you know that when you when you're organizing um, peer teaching you know that there are so many other things involved you have to manage behavior too while doing this because exactly. you can you can have a you can have a learner that yes has a good understanding of the topic and is willing to you know teach and then the learner comes to the front of the class and is misbehaving or or you know calling names Le mm. the learner does not know hey does not know all the um, do's and don'ts of teaching so the learner comes to the front of the class and is just calling names you know behaving anyhow and making the class rowdy and all of the before you know the time has gone so what i do is i just shift everything to um revision week where i know that okay i've covered a a, a larger part of the scheme and yeah. so now we're just going over what has already been taught so i just assign topics that will be reviewed to different learners and then they come to the front of the class and they teach while i just come in um once in a while to moderate or to correct you know or to help make sure that the class is still in order so that that way since um the theory says they learn they learn best when they teach others according to the theory they learn best when they teach others uh -huh. so if since i want them to i all they they recall best when they teach others then yes. it means that if if i if i organize the the peer teaching program towards the end of the term, close to the exam. It means that it will help them remember whatever they are 
um, mates have taught them at least. So that's why I shift mine to revision class. But I'm not sure it is feasible in a chemistry class. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> you can't compare English to chemistry, you know, to science, where, oh. you know, I, I know how broad um, just one topic in chemistry can be. You sure. know, for a, a, even a teacher, it's difficult for a teacher to... I mean, it's not too easy for a teacher to, yes, talk less of now um, asking or giving the floor to a learner to handle that. Hmm. Um, It would surprise you. (laughs) Are you serious? Yes, let let me share one of the experiences that I had with them. So it was, um, there's this this aspect of chemistry, periodicity, where we talk of the periodic table. So I want to, you know, touch on... The part okay. where you said when they are told to come and teach, sometimes they just come okay. and they just, you know, act any hour at the front, you know. So the thing yes, is, yes. I already, they already knew this was a project. Like they've had reminder for this project okay. for like two weeks. They were to prepare on different elements in the periodic table, basing them on their families. Okay. So, and before the presentation started, because I did tell them it's a project, but they are going to be presenting their project. So depending on how they go about it, of course, at this point okay. in time, they know that they are working for something. They are working for a grade, but it's still a start. Grade, yeah. yeah. So depending on how they go about their presentation, they then I would know how to award their marks. And I told them, I'm looking at your subject mastery. I'm looking at your composure. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at your communication mm-hmm. skill. Some of them even okay, had to put yeah, on lab coats. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't knew this. Because you gave them the terms. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. So <laughs> that, that's it. So they know that they can't come and mess up. And it was surprising that these students mm-hmm. even, at that point in time, I was even learning some things that I necessarily didn't think the- <laughs> I needed to know. But was that's just to show you the extent to which they carried out this mm-hmm. research on their own. So, and when I, mm. when, when they did that exam, of all the topics that they had been taught, they actually did that mm. part properly, the part on periodic table. Because it mm. is something that they've actually worked on. You understand me? Mm. Now, for the aspects yes, of, um, chemistry or, you know, English, which is easier to cover. Yes. It's a surprise mm. that chemistry can be easier to cover to some extent. The practical aspect. Mm. Whenever it comes to practical chemistry, it is very easy to teach my students because, you know, they focus with rapt attention at the demonstration. They are observing the demonstration. Yeah. So at that point in time, they are basically observing the fourth level, the sixth level and the seventh level. So from observing my demonstration, yeah. they want to practice the doing on their own. Once they practice the thing yes, on their own, yes. you would say that by the time you call on an SS3 students to teach an SS2, you would gladly want to do it. And that scenario has even happened mm. before. Sometimes I could just say, oh, I could just send for a student from another class, an upper class, mm. or a class that I know I've already treated the topic, and tell the students to just come, to come and explain to these people, to the junior students. Yeah. I like what you just mentioned now. You just um, reminded me of um, something that I watched during a pro, um, during a training that um, I'm going currently. 
right. so what they do is what they do in that school is that they they um they pair senior high school right. learners with junior high school learners so there's a there's a particular time during the during the school um hours that this they are more like uh, mentor teachers or peer mentors sort of yeah so they would come together they would come together to teach whoever has been assigned to them wow and it was so much fun the fact that they even had to leave they they had to leave their class you know the senior high school students felt they had this sense of responsibility yeah. this sense of yeah this sense of yeah i'm in charge i'm in charge of this person and i want this person to be the one that has learned the 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 most or has 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 been the fastest learner so you see them with so much um zeal mm-hmm. trying to teach this junior learner you know so that by the time the junior learners will be assessed by the teacher they will be they will be proud of the work they've, they've done, done yeah. you know? so uh th- that's another style but i'm not sure if it can work in our kind of setting i've been thinking of how it, it can work it can be localized it can work to mm. some extent just that in this case now it, sadly it might not work for every senior student but we know it, it, it definitely mm. works we've seen cases where you know some students will just look up to some role models in senior classes you know mainly hearing their name yeah. they know that oh this is a senior that i actually look up to so it does happen in a situation where a student is taking the notes or taking a difficult question to meet a senior because the senior is more approachable than going yeah. to the staff room is indirect exactly. hmm. yeah that's the word peer tutoring so um so far in our discussion i can see that you've applied this um um this the lowest i mean the highest level of the of the um experience which is teacher does i think that takes 90% Yes, yes. Am I right? Yeah, it takes 90%. That takes 90%. So which other which other um levels have you applied in your chemistry lessons and um what are some of the challenges you face while applying them? And is the this um percentage, the percentages assigned to them, are they are they for real? Do you really see <laughs> those results when you apply them? Okay. So I can't measure, you know, we really can't measure it percentage wise. <laughs> However That's one of the critics of the, <laughs> of the theory. Yeah. But relating okay. it now, we can tell that yes, attainment is low or achievement is low. Everyone that knows me, my space, they know that I enjoy using the audio visual because, you know, based on my own experience as a student growing up where I faced the lecturing method more. I felt that audio, um, audio mm. visual was really, you know, a step, was really a step ahead of lecturing. But I then realized that mm. huh, even after using projector to display videos, um, infographics and other things, the achievement level is still low. And I was frustrated, like, what is going on, guys? We did this in class. I sent this to the WhatsApp group and still you guys are messing mm-hmm. up what's going on. You know, so reading the learning um cone or the learning pyramid just made me realize that oh 
it's the way I'm going about it. I am assuming that since I'm using audio visual, it would really work wonders and all. But it's just to a level. They can't remember everything. They can't, you know, hear and picture everything. So teaching others would definitely improve one's, you know, achievement than audiovisual. So that was the mistake I made. I really relied on the audiovisual method a lot. And of course, to some extent, we all use this lecturing method because the truth is that we really do not have enough time to cover the scheme. Even the scheme doesn't exactly. really cater to everything they need. And in as much as that is, we still do not really cover the scheme, you know. So most times we fall back on lecturing method just to cover up the scheme as best as we should. So that is another um, teaching strategy that I have used in the past that, you know, set back my work for me. Okay, so let's let's look at the way the pyramid has been arranged and the percentage assigned to it. Generally, do you think that um, um, even when uh, there are some learners that will, will still learn better or faster when they see um, an audiovisual than when they teach others? Do you think that it is um, the pyramid applies to all learners? Mm. Because there are some, or let's say all topics, all lessons, all subjects. Because for me, um, um, for me as a learner, when it comes to um, sciences, I would rather watch a video or look at play a game you know that is visually attractive and stimulating than sit down for someone else to teach me and when that person is teaching me if, if at all i must um, sit with another learner to teach me that learner must also find a way to use something uh, you know something visual to even if it's just a drawing to help me learn so at the end of the day for me, whenever I look at that pyramid, for me, in some topics and some lessons, I feel like audiovisual for me will take 90 percent. Teach others sometimes will take the other way. So how, how do you see it from this angle? Mm. Okay. So, yes, the I'm sure there have been researches that have shown that teach others takes the largest percentage. But at the end of the day, I feel that um, every of these methods are effective in their own right, which is what has also led to mm -hmm. differentiation in planning a lesson plan. Hmm. You get, because yes. we have the um, heavily kinesthetic learners, audio learners, and visual learners. But I think what the pyramid is just trying to let us know in essence is that the teaching others, you know, helps a large scale of students learn better than reading or, or the, um, visual learners or auditory learners.
But that doesn't mean that each of yeah. these strategies are not effective in their own right. Yes, yes, that's true. So well, what are some of the challenges that you face when trying to use the audiovisual, the demonstration, the practice by doing, you know, what are some of the challenges? You already mentioned the time factor. Yes. Uh, as, uh, yes, that's assigned to the teacher. That's, that's why you have to allow them, you use that one for, you know, activities outside yeah. the classroom. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So the other the other um, levels, how do you implement it? And what are the challenges you face? You know, real real life challenges. Just us. Okay. So back to the audio um, audio visual. The major challenge is um, okay. power constraints, and to some extent, you mm. know, um, tools like tech tools, tech tools constraints yes. too setting up um using the tools as at the time that you have the class so it doesn't clash with when another person needs to use them and things like that they do come up a lot so but those are things yes. that can also be easily um um how would i put it you can actually fix these issues if you can just set up before the day if there's a generator if you do your test okay. run and things like that and if you've already compiled the resources that you are going to use. Then for the for the demonstration now, it's kind of passive. It's like the first um it's like the first of the strategies in which the students are not hundred percent passive, but they are still passive in a way. They only see your demonstration. So it means that sometimes if we don't get to demonstrate it two to three times they still will not be figuring out what you want them to know so they must be so you have to, you have to repeat, repeat it yes before it sinks in so that's the challenge with it they are still observing you they don't know what is going on so if you just do it once and you move on to the next so they, are they are not, not active. active they are just mm -hmm. visual learners still it's just that the only thing it is useful mm -hmm. for that point in time is that probably there is this misconception about a topic so you demonstrate it so they can see that oh okay. this thing is not actually this way so that's the constraint with demonstration mm -hmm. then practice doing is okay. oh what they, whatever they've observed you doing they are doing it themselves so it's so much more like a test run they're just you know they're just replicating what you have done so still you can't really say that oh the, the, the learning hasn't really been effective at that point in time because they're just emulating what you have done. It's not as efficient as um, the teaching others. So that's it basically. Okay. Okay. So um, you're saying that most times, let's even talk about the um, the challenge of how stressful it can be to put together your lesson plan for audiovisuals. You know how you know how stressful it, it is to create content okay. for your you know your video content, your audio content, if you want to use animation, how stressful it is to create that video content. Sometimes I feel like this learning pyramid should have put audiovisuals as the with the one with the largest percentage because I'm like 
you know how in fact even if even if you are going to practice the teach others um, level if you are teaching others and you are not using all those other aspects if you are teaching others and you are just using the lecture uh -huh. method don't you think that we are going back to to five percent uh -huh. from ninety percent you, do yeah. you get me if you are teaching others you still need to embed all the other levels huh. you know all the other levels in that um, practice of teaching others for it to be effective because when you are teaching others it's you still find learners saying i don't understand yes he taught me but i don't understand because he probably thought it's just you know just mouth just teaching uh -huh. just talking do you understand? So I feel like, uh, yes, teach others is still, yeah, it's effective, but then it must, it must still have all those other levels embedded in them. So um, let's talk about the level of the pyramid that you have used the most. Will that be demonstration since it's a chemistry class? Um, honestly speaking, what level have you used the most? And the honestly least? speaking, I would say it's been lecturing and reading because not every aspect of um, chemistry is practical. Like it's not every time we get to. Really? No, no, no. I what is what I mean? <laughs> like it's not every time we get Richie. to carry out practical in chemistry okay yeah. so most times you know, okay. like i said because of time constraints you just have to fall back on lecturing and reading because looking at the okay. others now from audiovisuals you begin to set up audiovisuals would also help you cover much more in time but thinking about your learners now do you think they'll really learn on the long run you know like they mm. would they really be able to retain this information and utilize it well then another thing that I know again is that when we look at it, lecturing to some extent, just the same way you feel audiovisuals shouldn't, you know, just have a simple 20%. I feel lecturing and discussion are not too different from each other. In mm. the sense that... Because... Discussion is sort of embedded in lecturing, right? Okay, let, let's... Exactly let my it. point. Like, the whole point of... When we say lecturing, somebody is coming to class to lecture you, to discuss on something that they assume you have already, you know, studied or you have already researched, researched upon. Yeah. Which is almost the same thing as discussion. So I think in this context of learning pyramid... The reason why lecturing is taking 5% is probably because the teacher just comes to class in new concepts. You just come and you discuss it casually. You know, that is where it begins to get, you know, very, very um, faulty. And discussion in this same pyramid is just, you know, discussion of ideas based on what the students have already, you know, studied. I think it's it, this it, when it comes to discussion, the, the, learners, the learners are more active. active. Yes, yeah, so discussion is lecturing. more like an interactive session. So that's why it gets yes. a higher percentage. Exactly. So they are engaged. The lesson yes. is engaging. Yes. So like it's lecturing. more cooperative at that point in time. So it's more like lecturing is yeah. teacher centered, yeah. while the discussion is a cooperative mm -hmm. learning 
between students to students, teacher to teacher, or student to teacher. So that's the idea here. Yeah. Mm. So are we now saying that? Okay, so are we now saying that the uh, if if you say the the most that you have used is will be lecturing and reading. Okay, so how come you um, you are still producing? learners that are doing well in exams and you're still being um you're still being an effective teacher you know we know we've seen your works out there how come is there something wrong with it with the theory or there's something um that you are doing alongside lecturing mm. and reading you know that's the that the learning pyramid um, sort of backs up so maybe for instance when you when you you go by reading whatever they are reading has audiovisuals embedded in it or when they are reading they read together so they're not that they are as they're reading together they are you know they are uh, talking about what they are reading or while you are lecturing you showcase your instructional material which is uh, maybe an infographics or something. So please tell us, because um, uh, I want to know where <laughs> is the issue is. Are we saying that the learning pyramid is just, you know, I don't know, while your own, you are following, you said you've used lecturing the most. Okay. So how come? Um, no, lecturing and reading, yes. And reading, yes. Lecturing so and reading. The yeah. latter answers, the, your latter question answers the question. <laughs> I don't relent on it alone. I use audiovisuals interchangeably. Then one important ingredient that you need to know is that you have to know your student. If you don't know the student personally, mm. there's no way you can really help them. So I'm lecturing mm. and I can see them looking zoned out. I already know that there is a problem somewhere. Then I try mm. to put them. I try to put myself in their shoes. Like at this age, when I was going through this, like what are those misconceptions I had to with this, with this topic? So most times I try to read the atmosphere. I know these students. I know the active one that just goes quiet all of a sudden. And you know, at that point, you just know that you begin. You need to change strategies. So I could lecture first as a sort mm. of groundbreaker. Or I could use audiovisuals too as an introduction to this. Or I could just come up with a project. So in the course of doing the project, I try to pinpoint, mm -hmm. you know, the objective of that project. What I mean is this. The other time okay. I told them to do a sort of presentation now, I told them to come up with a nickname, a scientific nickname for themselves and give us the idea mm -hmm. behind it. So I let's say I explain mm. to them that the objective here is that I'm trying to endear you to a particular term or concept in chemistry. So if your nickname, you know, relies on this, even in future you would always you always understand this concept because it is something, you know, it, it's personal to you, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So the, there are just so many strategies you can use, and each of these strategies, when you trace them, they all fall under one level or the other. So as much as I use yeah. lecturing or reading method, I don't rely on it alone. There are times I've used audiovisuals. 
discussion discussions that will take us out of chemistry into geography into biology because it is still interrelated mm -hmm. yes and to bring us back to our objective yes. on ground so it just shows that the teacher has lots of things you, you you just need to be very fluid in your thinking know your students read the atmosphere mm -hmm. creative yes. and innovative yeah okay so let's talk about demonstration having um 30 percent and discussion having 50 percent what do you think it is that way why is why would demonstration have a lower than discussion because um like we said mm -hmm. earlier demonstration is just teacher centered the students are still passively learning they are observers at that point center just okay yes. they're just observing. so it's, a, it's more like a except okay except it's the learner demonstrating you know, after the demonstration learner is now is now taking the position of the teacher to demonstrate why at that point watch. and that brings us back to oh, teacher yeah, brings us, okay if you are demonstrating for that students to observe you are teaching others but if you are just demonstrating okay. it probably after school you decided to just do what the teacher has done that's like practice doing yeah yeah. so yes. the reason why we say yes, um demonstration yes. takes a lower percentage is because discussion is two-parted like the teacher and the student they are exchanging their ideas or their studies okay. of the topic but demonstration is just about the teacher coming to show off the knowledge and the students are just there swallowing it mm. <laughs> permit me to use that mm. <laughs> the fountain, of, fountain knowledge. of knowledge so instead of being yes. more like a co-learner yes. so remember the um there's this uh, popular broadcast message there of a professor of medicine that told the students to do what he did he dipped the finger into the cadaver and put it in his mouth and told the student i don't know if you've heard of that um <laughs> and the students no, could I, do the I same haven't. thing they put their hands into the cadaver and put it in their mouth and they laughed at them and said Ew. they were not observing properly that he dipped his index finger into the cadaver but put his middle finger in his mouth so you get that Mm. <laughs> so you see that is that is demonstration mm. so I, I think i think that this just, just explains why yeah. you say uh, that i'm telling you you just in fact just did justice to that question so i believe with <laughs> with that said um demonstration doesn't um help students learn effectively as much as discussion demonstration must still yes. be backed up with discussion and just like you yes. said uh, earlier and for discussion to occur the students would have understood so you know i'm i'm thinking i think i understand where you are coming from now so in a way discussion should even be if to some extent discussion could even be greater than teaching others because at that point everybody is on mm. you know a level playing ground 
you are coming to discuss what you know. It's cooperative learning. At that point in time, I don't really think there is really mm-hmm. a teacher or a student. Yes. And if there is even a teacher, the teacher is coming to facilitate the learning. They are not coming to shush down anything. That's they are just coming think, to stimulate yeah. the reason. Oh, why do you think this? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you if you think this happened, then yes. why did this occur? You know those kind of questions. So to some extent, to discussion, yes, we decide yes. to just take a larger chunk of it. Mm-hmm. So like you said earlier, I, I think it's just about how you combine exactly. these different levels. I don't think any level think can so. stand on its own. Teach others will get 90%. If you get 90% of, um, of um, recalling or retention from teaching others, if you're able to combine that Strategy. with so many other um, strategies, the same thing applies to the same way combining um, different things with lecturing can give you a higher... Yeah. Um, percentage of retention so at the end of the day no one should just focus on oh teach others um, get their percentage so most of my lessons we are going to be teaching others what they exactly how will they even teach what they don't know how would they teach what they've not practiced how would they teach what what has not mm-hmm. been displayed before them how would they teach what the teacher has not demonstrated to them or what they have not seen or mm-hmm. watched the demonstration you know, especially in a, in a subject like chemistry, so what they never they demonstrated in the lab to them how, uh, the, you know, the test for starch. You've only talked about hmm. it, then you now say go and teach yeah. others. Do you understand? So I I think yes, and I like what you mentioned um with this um scenario that you mentioned now of the professor of medicine. You can imagine. So it means that demonstration. Despite the, uh, despite the fact that it takes 30%, if 30% of um, memory retention would make learners to do that kind of thing, you know, then uh, 30% is, is, is really terrible. Because if the learners, if the, if the learners were to be reading about it, you know, or just listening to the, the professor giving a lecture, yeah. they won't do that they will remember that this is the particular mm-hmm. because they will read it uh, this is the particular finger that was used but they in demonstration they are watching it you know they, they, they are seeing it and yet they still did the wrong thing. so it's so practicing it for them to then, then let's talk about, you know understand yeah. that you have to watch mm-hmm. out it's not the same finger you shouldn't be putting <laughs> fingers made in cadaver in your mouth or something. They def- definitely learn their lesson by practicing it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, now. Then even the, the, the when a teacher that is using demonstration must also back it up sure. with lecturing sure. and discussion. Because if, if, mm-hmm. the, if the professor was demonstrating and, and also lecturing, you know, the, the learners would have noticed that, okay, he, he, as he, he was demonstrating, this, yeah. he said this, you know, he said that, he said that this is, I'm putting this finger in and um, this is the finger I'm putting out. Not him just demonstrating and the learners are, are mm-hmm. watching, you know, passively. Sometimes you could even lecture, yes. practice, then lecture again. So you are, um, the, the, the lecture is sounded, the first time you are mm. doing it is like a groundbreaker. 
the practice is to reinforce what you've said then when you lecture again to just consolidate what you've already talked about so it cements it better in them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> mm -hmm. okay yes so let's let's look at some other factors that um could affect the achievement of all these percentages at the different levels okay so aside you know combining all the different levels what about other factors that has to do with okay. learners we've already looked at learning style we've looked at the learners we looked at the topic you know now let's look at other factors how do you um just like you said that you tried different things the audiovisual and all and you were not still getting the kind of um, results that you wanted so it means that the, the learning pyramid in itself is not enough there are still other factors that you must put in place in order to help these learners you know learn best so what are these other factors that must be put in place you know aside considering the learning the learner's um, style or the topic itself the subject itself what are some of these factors for instance I was going to the say learning that, but like we cannot assure a um okay 100% secured learning environment we might try to but <laughs> i don't think it's possible mm. then the students too we don't know some of them their personal background their learning challenges or disabilities mm. um socioeconomic factor you know you can't compare a child that has these resources available mm. back at home to study going back to do the practice by doing you can't mm -hmm. compare such a child to a child from a low socioeconomic background that probably by the time he or she gets home he has to help the parents you know at the shop and things like that so there are mm -hmm. so many factors like that too that can stand in the way then students that we've seen students that are dyslexic too we've seen students with adhd you know they can't just sit put mm -hmm. any little thing they've zoned out mm -hmm. so these are some of those challenges that could get in the way of you achieving exactly of yes. you know actually achieving the um, it's not a one-size-fits-all um, approach. Not at all. Yes, you. If you are following the learning pyramid, you must make sure that you are considering all these other factors, and you other are. Factors, yes, yeah. and you are putting things in place to, you know, manage them to address them, so that you not make a joke of the learning pyramid, because at the end of the day, you mm -hmm. you begin to ask yourself, ah, I'm, I I expect this result. What is happening? You cannot come up True. with, um, um, for instance, let's look at the um, audiovisual. You know what's the the video? When you when you are developing your video content, yes, the content is great, and then you now buy, you now put the background music that distracts the learners, especially that learners that you know, you know that learners get easily distracted. So in the name of trying to mm -hmm. get their attention, you now end up distracting them. So you have you have used the video um to deliver your lesson and um, you expect that yes they will remember and then you come to class they they can't remember anything but they remember the background song and even the, the background music, noise the musician that 
the singer, you know, they remember the lyrics of the song. They used as the background. <laughs> the song, yeah. So they can't remember the content, the lesson content that you thought. So what's, what, what went wrong? So it means that for, for each level, still, each level still needs to be broken down again to understand how um, they, they should be used, you know, how they should be applied. All, all mm-hmm. the guidelines that must be followed while applying well, them, so that at least general guidelines. Exactly, exactly. So that you don't end up, you know, making a fool of yourself or end up becoming yeah. frustrated. You understand? Even to the point sure. of teaching others. These days, you peer learners to teach others. Before you know it, they are already doing something else. Something different. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> At the end of the day, <laughs> and it does not mean that they don't know what they want to, what you have told them to do. You put, you tell them as, you know, you give them a project in the video, you want them to teach others. And then you find them forming gangs. You find them forming mm-hmm. um, some sort of silly relationships. And then you know how bad you feel when you realize that you are the inspiration. Backfired, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the inspiration behind this, you understand? So, teaching others is another, you, you need to sit down to analyze it. What am I, how am I going to pair them? How am I going to group them? To uh, How am I going to select the ones that will teach and the ones that will listen? That will uh, listen. To make sure that at the end of the day, you are not just, you know, following a theory and you are not you are not getting results. You are not really considering, yeah, or yeah. getting a situation where just because a, a child is is brilliant or well versed yeah. in a topic doesn't necessarily make the child, you know, a very good teacher to the peer. It mm. could be the quiet one that is. It could be the one that is actually exactly. struggling that could yeah. help the others learn. Mm-hmm. So from from that is mistake or from his challenges, they are easily learning from it. So every of these things are, you know, hidden factors that the teacher has to consider. Yes, I like what you just mentioned now because when most teachers once they want to practice the the level of teach others, they just go for the ones that know the the topic. They mm-hmm. go for the ones that answer questions the most in class. They go for the ones that, you know, that are bright, the ones that they, oh, they, they have high scores, the ones that are act, active in class. You know, forgetting that um, there are some that will, that, uh, that know the, the topic very well, but they will never raise up their hands in class, you know. True. They would They would rather, they only talk when the group is smaller or when it's just um, two people. When it, when Some it's people, just a yeah. pair, so they will be com- they they find it um, convenient to talk about what they know. So it goes it, it goes takes us back to uh, what you said earlier in the show that you must know your learners because sure. if you don't if you don't you make a mess of the entire pyramid from the five percent to the ninety percent if you don't know your learners. Yeah. If you don't know your learners, if you don't consider other factors that could also affect learning, you make a mess of the entire pyramid from beginning to the end. So, thank you so much, um, for being on the show with me today. It has been so insightful <laughs> so far. 
if you are just joining wow. us we're just about to wrap up the show but not to worry you can listen back and um leave a comment if you have any um contributions to this show so on a final note um what would be your advice to chemistry teachers like you who are uh, struggling to um, implement or follow the learning pyramid in order to have more engaging classrooms or in order to help their learners learn better because i know that chemistry is one of the subjects that students struggle with the most especially yes yes they find it difficult to pass you know and i still wonder why i never liked sciences in secondary school i never <laughs> liked sciences so tell, tell us you have the well, flow thank you uh, all i can say is i've been there so like i've i've been through the challenges of understanding chemistry and i feel that it takes someone that has been through this to actually know how better to help the students learn so chemistry is abstract which means that you can't do without audio visuals it's coming up with concepts you know some of these concepts, some of these things that will speak about are microscopic so how do you help you know students that are just starting these subjects understand better you need to involve audio visuals a lot and animations then it is also uh active um subject really that you are going to practicalize a lot you will demonstrate and you definitely have to discuss because research is once you've conducted experiments you have to discuss you have to come up with a conclusion so you definitely would need to discuss so audiovisuals demonstrations um practice doing teaching others and discussion are those stages that can work for you as a chemistry teacher then the more you teach the better you you are at it you definitely discover a better way to go about these things and lastly just know your learners when you know your learners you would understand how best to differentiate each of these levels so you know achieve your objectives with the students yes exactly Thank you so much once again. I hope that the listeners have been able to learn and learn and relearn a lot of things, especially the chemistry teachers that are listening. So um, remember that at the end of it all, you you have to know your learners. You have to know your learners. You need to have an idea about how they learn, why yes. they learn, the things they learn, what inspires them, what motivates them to learn. All of these sure. things at the end of the day would um, would even make your work as a teacher easier at the end of the day, you know, over time. So thank you so much for being on the show once again, YGD Egbert TV. <laughs> thank um, you. All my beautiful listeners on the show today, thank you so much for being on the show. You have been live with Bisayo Adewoli. From Lagos, Nigeria, and we've been discussing the learning pyramid in the chemistry classroom with Yedidi Egbediri, aka Savi Oluko.
That's me. Yeah, yeah. she's Savi Uluko on Instagram. All right. Have a beautiful weekend ahead. Remember that there are other shows lined up for you to learn from, um, from other hosts. Do have a good day. Bye for Bye. now. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.